putting yourself in a place where you make decisions based on what's going to make you happy, what's going to make it so you can sleep at night and be like, God, that was awesome. Here we are. Episode 31 of the Kindness Economy podcast, where we talk about doing business from the heart outward. And this is actually, we're going to do a really good job of that today, I think. We're going to be talking oh. about transformational thinking. I am just now thinking about that in terms of what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's that really is us good. Today. We're doing really good today on t- Target. Today I'm going to be talking about, I have another partner moving into my house. <laughs> I have um, learned how to give a better pitch. And we're just going to talk about uh, basically that internal, external locus of control. It's going to be our rantifesto and how that gives leverage to other people. Uh-huh. Um, what am I going to talk about? Basically how I'm just a functioning being that exists on the face of the earth. Uh, I'm going I to love t- that about you. I mean, I, it's the minimum. I'm going to talk some about this time management class that I'm taking, wherein I'm learning how to teach other people about time management. Interesting stuff. Confrontational. And, yeah, no, it's uh, it is exceptionally uncomfortable and ties in very nicely with the whole transformational thinking thing. That today's going to be good. Yeah. So how are you doing? I am a functioning human being that exists upon the face of this earth. That is an excellent minimum. Uh, <laughs> Feels tenuous, though. Uh, not necessarily tenuous, just a what lot. What is every COVID? Yeah, it can be a lot. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sleeping. Real life getting kind of lifey. Yeah, life is kind of life in a little bit. Okay. Um, life an extra. Mm, uh, I'm sleeping. I am eating, mostly. Like, you gotta remember to do that. Have I told you about my powdered food? Yeah. (laughs) I notice it right there. It's right there. Right there, I'm like, (laughs) see, that's good. And I'm thinking, there were a couple of points this week where I thought to myself, it would be really easy if I just had a thing that I could just like, not have to think about. Mm, Yeah, food, it's a thing you have to think about. Um, I am still going, like, I'm not gonna say that my self-care has been abysmal. I am still going to the gym. Uh, that's happening, but everything is just very mm, meh. I feel like I'm existing right now. No PRs for your like get up, Turkish get ups. Uh, I've done three in a row. Hey, with a 35 pound kettlebell. Ooh, I haven't done any Turkish get ups. I I don't get to do things with kettlebells over my head because no. my shoulders all. Your head would be very upset if you're you had anything going on with a kettlebell over your head. It's getting better though. Anyway, you uh, were saying yeah. you're you're treading water sort of on your self-care. Yeah, and that's that's fine. Like sometimes the best you can do is make it to the end of the day in one piece. Nice work. I'm doing that. I am existing. Not in the blase kind of uh, just all right. Go you. You're making it through best way you can. This is what you can do right now. Yeah. Mm. Nice. What about you? I am, uh, I have a new, I have two partners. I live with two partners. I am polyamorous. It was recently National Coming Out Day, which is not, it's two weeks ago, whatever. But um, it's a thing 
that's like an important part of who I like needed to be to be happy was mm. multiple intimate partners. And I've not been in a situation where um, I've had another partner living in the house. Mm. And um, we are sort of functioning like a, um, like a V. Uh, no, it's actually like a Z formation. So like Charity and I are connected in the middle and then we have other partners. Okay. Um, and moving another partner into the house and negotiating all of those things and like there's just been, it was groundbreaking for me when I was in my late teens and early 20s when I was just like, you know what? I need to not try to be monogamous because I'm hurting people trying to be monogamous because I'm not doing this well. And it was like the thing, it was like presented, like this is the thing you're supposed to do. It's like all every, every romantic story and every pop thing says this. And I'm from California, so I get to, I got a lot of leeway on the orientation for sexuality. So like nobody was worried about me being gay and stuff. Like that was cool, no one tripped. I was even allowed to be bisexual until I hung out with gay kids, <laughs> which was weird. But I was like, you guys clearly, you are obviously the authority on this and I'll just defer to you. And eventually, realizing when I externalized that choice and was trying to live and make other people happy, like even all the way down to my intimate relationships, like I was not happy and I was so unhappy and I was making everybody around me unhappy and realizing that I was non-monogamous and being willing to go through figuring it out for myself has been one of the greatest gifts I've given myself. And it's hard because you don't, the thing that I was talking about last week, we don't, we don't have a blueprint for that. Uh -uh. If, you, if you exit heteronormativity. You are winging it. You make it up as you go along and, you're, and it's, it's hard. I don't wanna hurt people. But I was because I was trying to be something I wasn't. And letting go of that like expected identity was awesome when it was over. <laughs> <laughs> but everything up until that was just seat of the pants, oh God, you know? So like just on that transformational thinking journey that we're gonna be on today, like that was so important to me to just accept and I don't wanna put the audience in a place where I'm not talking about that, where you don't see the reality of my life in a way and I certainly don't want my partner to feel hidden. Mm. And there's just been a lot of, the thing that I sought in life partners, of which I have, I guess now four, including my co-parents, is the ability to see that they are unhappy and make corrective change, take corrective action to make themselves happy. Not at the expense of others, but just like deep in your heart, getting to know that deep place of like, my needs are in an intimate way, this, this, then this. This is how I need intimate support from another partner. And like, that can end up looking a lot different than other people expect. Mm -hmm. And that is sort of the root, like it was really important for us for me to start there, just just to show like, 
when my mom died very suddenly two years ago, like I grew up really fast and my partner, my spouse would not have been able to keep up with me did she not have that ability? Because it's just like everything changed. I was just like, no, I'm, I, no. And I just want to invite you to join us on this messy, messy journey of trial and error. Uh, so how are you? What else? What did you guys? Is that, that just, what? I think that might be. Is that our segment? I think so. It's very straightforward right I'm now. I'm into it. Yeah. Plus, Keep it's a it short tight. week. Yeah. Because of. There it is. Okay. Okay. It's not going to be a separate track. It doesn't matter. Okay. Cool. So, in the business life, <laughs> I'm figuring out a better a better pitch and and of course the way you do a better pitch is by failing at your pitch and so in trying to propose a variety of projects to a variety of people i am beginning to understand the limits to pitching to your friends yeah don't do it <laughs> and part of it is just that i am not clearly identifying myself i am not updating the image i have of myself I have this idea, I, I got this idea from, I mean, I had it, I, you don't wanna think that you're special, you think like this is easy, blah, 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 but like, there's this thing that Casey Neistat said, and Peter McKinnon said, or whatever, like, that anybody can do this. Anybody can create content, anybody can generate and maintain an audience over the social medias. Okay. And I don't actually think that that's true anymore. Like the, the overlap, the like dovetailing of my life and Casey Neistat's, if that can be said to be a thing, is that like he's worked his whole career making movies and producing shows. I have spent my whole career producing shows. So like producing shows with cheaper stuff is just like, I mean, cool. The part where I do this on my own and it's my money that I'm spending, well, the price point of everything has gone ridiculously low and I have the experience of working in the industry and I can know myself well enough to not get dogmatic and protective over the way I think it should be, <laughs> right? Because there's no should be, you know? Either you, it's like an evolve or die game right now. And a lot of people are, are gonna die of attrition in the economy because they're playing this protectionist game of like, nah, no, this is the way it is. I'm not gonna learn new tricks. I'm gonna insist on a 16 hour shift instead of, you know, you just people overextending themselves because the way we had to do it. And they identify, they over-identify the way they had to do it. And they get like kind of entrenched in it. And it's like, nah, we, uh, the, the, the great example would be like the way that uh, residency for doctors happens. It's just like the hazing rituals yeah. that we've gone through to get to where we are. We become attached to those hazing rituals. But like, just like, but hazing is shitty. Yeah. Just 
you know. I mean, thinking about that in terms of what I've seen lately was, uh, the hell is it? Uh, tuition, college debt, people in debt because of the overinflated cost of a college education. And whenever the conversation turns to maybe there should be something looked at to alleviate this massive drag, aka pay this off. college debt, let's pay this off, there's this contingent of folks who are like, well, I had to pay off my college debt. And it's like, but um, I'm gonna venture one that it wasn't anywhere near as prohibitive as it is now. And even if it was, good and, for you, bro. And yeah, congratulations. But it's that weird kind of, well, so many people have died of cancer already. Mm-hmm. Why bother trying to make an, a cure? Like, why look for any sort of fix for that? No, like, no. Just because there have been fucked up situations in the past that you have dealt with and worked through and or suffered through doesn't mean that everyone else is obligated to experience that same kind of suffering. Right. And the fact that you want to impose that suffering on people that's because not like that's that's a, not that's not nice. That's kind of fucked. That's totally fucked, as okay. a matter of fact. Sorry. That, like, totally. No, it's like, fine. I'm just and there's, like, right in. there's just like a a thing that what I'm trying to do is audacious in that like it's redefining the way that business is done. And and I can't put the energy and cycles into convincing people that it needs to be done better. Either you hear me, mm-hmm. and that's what it comes back to that, that better pitch. Either you hear me and you get it in your heart and mind and soul. Or you're like, Rebecca, I think you're a little crazy. And that's fair. And realizing like, it's not that, it's not that Casey Neistat or Peter McKinnon is wrong. It's that they don't understand, like, they're documenting themselves doing their bullshit. Everybody does their bullshit. It's the willingness and interest in documenting that bullshit, and then the extra step of sharing that bullshit with strangers. That's weird. That's weird. And I also, I have that desire to document all of my bullshit and share it with strangers. Weirdo. I'm just, you know, embracing that as a thing and that is a unique thing is um, confrontational. I'll say that it's confrontational for me Mm. because I want it to be normal. I want it to be simple and I don't want to imagine myself as special. I think there's a way that 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 saying I'm special or I have special blah, blah, blah. is just like it becomes an expectation. And and I just need to sit with that and make sure that I'm pitching to the right people so that I don't want to get into a position of desperation. Because when you're pitching to the wrong person, you're not getting the feedback that's appropriate. And you could get disenchanted with something that's still good. Mm-hmm. But because you're pitching, I'm, because I'm pitching to my friends, instead of figuring out who it's right for, I'm pitching myself a softball and getting mad when all I can do is bunt with it. You can't see me, I'm nodding. But just like, that's, 
that's kind that's of what, what happens when you, down to. you don't really choose to identify the person you're at talking to and the person that you're at as an individual pitching like it's been a week mm, yeah <laughs> that that is a, that's a hard one to sit with like i'm not I got I got told pretty early like don't quit 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 pitching to your friends because the people you're talking to are not your friends I was like oh not that the people I'm talking to in terms of my business don't have the potential to be the sort of people that would be my friends Mm -hmm. but the people like the person I'm pitching or the other way around even but the person I'm talking to is at a different point in their lives than most of our peer group um yeah i work with a lot like thinking about it my my demographic skews a lot older yeah um so it was literally like learning to stop talking to peers and start figuring out like how do i how do i approach these people which was really interesting so what i was dealing sorry you're are you done no oh go (laughs) that was just a tangent off of what you were saying okay go uh I want to like go into the time management thing. Yeah, do that. Okay. Because the other thing that I'm doing, which actually is kicking me in the face repeatedly, is taking this class on time management. And that's such a graphic descriptor, but in a way, it's kind of effective for me. Um, for me... Graphic like murder? Like graphic. Kicking is, me in the face. Just like, uh, oh, okay. It's like I was a vivid like, visual. <laughs> I guess you're right, kicking in the face. Okay, carry on. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I was just yeah. like, wait a minute. Where the okay. yeah. graphic, kicking in the face? Um, where do I move? Time management. Yeah, I'm not trying to figure out where do I start with explaining this because I. it is a class that is conducted primarily on the phone and online. Mm-hmm. Um, and as coaching you are like we're trained by practicing coaching which cool that's what i do and by letting ourselves be coached and then deconstruct what is happening yeah deconstruct what is happening in the session which is interesting both in terms of learning relearning um my approach to working with clients and because coaching is it's made to get at a lot of things sitting with a lot of uncomfortable realizations um about myself about my business and it's that sounds too vague can you tell me more about that it's yeah good question good question there um (laughs) that's not intimate enough for me for this let's uh, okay you want a couple layers down um the class itself is on time management there are 11 different time management tools tips tricks techniques they exist you can go out and find damn near all of them what people do, what everybody does, to some extent, is they pick up a tool and expect it to work the way a screwdriver works. Where you pick it up, you put it into the 
Phillips or flathead, you twist, there is motion. That there's no disputing what the screwdriver Cause can do. Cause and effect. Yeah. The, these other tools, these tips and tricks around time, uh, they are less direct. And while you can use them straight out of the box, and I say that in, in air quotes, in order for them to be effective, you have to customize them to fit yourself. Instead of you meeting the tool as it is, you mold the tool to fit yourself, which means you have to get good and deep up in your own self-knowledge. Like you really have to dig deep. How do I exist in the world? What is my concept of time? What are the things that I value? And they're held up by so many assumptions. And part of it is questioning everything up to and including the premise, I need to manage my time better. Says who? For what? Right. To what end? What does that mean? And that gets uncomfortable because then it's like, well, because I have to be a better person, a more productive person. And like, well, says, like when you start asking. It gets like, into the definition of lazy. Yeah. Which is a huge. Which doesn't mean anything. Right? Yeah. It's, it's something that's come Who's, up. Yeah. Oh, wow. See. Fuck. Now, now, now you're starting to get it. You know, sometimes I'm really happy <laughs> like that we I'm get watching. the video. And like, because <laughs> like, yeah, the look on your face was priceless. Like oh, I could wait. see it hit you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not unlike a brick in the, in the face. face. Yeah, you were right. <laughs> oh my god, where it is, and there is this sort of cult of productivity that exists that people oh, yeah. are like breaking I was getting on themselves. that treadmill. I get yeah. on that treadmill, and I have to stop and remind myself: No, you are curating tiny human brains. Yeah. And they don't want to be, we, the, the world can't have them be assholes. <laughs> and that is the important thing. And that might mean using time in a way that is not seen as textbook definition efficient or in a way that follows any documented and approved, and approved is in air quotes too, method of managing time. So like I have, like I use tools to manage my time, but I do not necessarily use them in conventional ways. And I have tried. I try to use every tool straight up, just out the box. That's a euphemism, I'm running with it. Mm -hmm. um, but I try to use every tool straight out the box just to see what the practice is like. And then I, I either continue or I don't, or I modify it in some way to serve myself but I had been seeing myself as really, really inefficient when in actuality I have this giant transformer Voltron of like several different systems that are just kind of stuck together to make one big happy system that serves Courtney. If someone else tried to use the things that I do in order to manage my time, they would probably be like, what the hell, woman? You would be eaten woman? by the lion. Yeah. <laughs> Just to really 
bring fuck it with home. that Voltron. Dude, my kid's dressed up as Voltron for Halloween, so. Oh my God. Super here for a Voltron yes. metaphor. So, so yeah, like it's, it's, it's looking at ways to make those things fit you, but like my coaching session wound up being like, well, what makes you think you're inefficient? Mm. Oh, fuck. Uh, so I remember the other thing. Oh, bring the thing. The thing that I wanted to say was like what I was, the people I was pitching to. See, the thing that it was hard to, the disconnect was I was pitching to artists. Mm. So That's artists do the thing. And I was like, you, you, you hustle your face off. You do the thing. Let's do the thing together. Let me market your thing. And they're like, nah, I don't like social media. Mar I'm just like, well, wait, what, 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 what? And I get super confused. And it's like, they're doing the thing. You just gotta document yourself doing the thing. And I'm like, that's so, that's so easy. And they're like, bro, that doesn't sound like any fun at all. And it just like, it just, it took several of them for me to be like, oh, okay, oh, it's different. So yeah. that, and the other thing I wanted to talk about this week that came up was um, the calendar. The confrontation with calendaring. And like the <laughs> biggest problem that I'm gonna have in a business and in delegation and in anything, in booking a guest for the show. Mm -hmm. I do a series of fucking text messages with the people that I need to make an appointment with. That is no longer going to work. Nope. That does not scale nope. at, in any sense. But in order for me to fix that problem, I have to confront the fact that like I'm neuroatypical and like calendars are the worst place in the world. I fucking hate them. Menus, calendars, airports are the worst things ever. And maybe you don't think so, but you're wrong. And that's, I'm comfortable saying that. And the, like, you know, in my worldview, this is super important. And so it was really confrontational, the process of getting a calendar management tool. And the like, the, the social media management tools, the apps that you've been fucking with, like, I won't fuck with them because it's the same problem. I have to fucking look, look at, at a calendar. calendar. And I'm like, but ouch, <laughs> I don't want yeah. to. Yeah. And so, and but not being mean to myself about that because it's just a calendar and like everybody just does calendar. There's like this thing that happens in it's my brain tool, where I punch it. myself it's in the face for no reason. Don't do that. And And I could just be like, but there's things and I can use them and it'll be fine. And so getting to that fine place has been really like, extra clenchy for me this week what makes you think fine is over there and not right here i mean clearly it's I mean, directly <laughs> in my butthole right now <laughs> but you know it 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 gets distracting thinking about the things that you should be doing when if i just settled into it and just be like cool with it's hard mm. and that's okay and it took me you know, a week to get back to this person for the scheduling thing, but now I've done it. And maybe that week took too long for this person, but now it's done. And the next person will be easier. And just be content and happy with it and don't take the time to stop and punch myself in the face because it's not helping me and it's not helping my clients and it's not helping the audience. Hmm. So um, that was my week that was, no. in business. That's how you feel about calendars. 
You know we can talk about this. I know. We can get into it. We have to do we have another segment. Okay. <laughs> Okay, rant to festo time. It's that time again. So, so thinking about transformational thoughts <laughs> and and the ability to transform oneself, and um, the it came up in Twitter for me, and there was a like transformational thinking is like the nomen like the uh, what is it nomenclature? The, yeah, the common nomenclature. And in psychology, it's considered internal, external locus of control, where like when you're being bound by external locus of control, the things outside of you are limiting your mindset and what you believe is possible for yourself. And when you've developed that internal confidence, it doesn't, like you don't give a fuck. You know what you're doing. And you're just like, that's fine. You can, it, that insecurity that you need to cater to other people or cater to everyone. Like we're not catering to everyone. I'm catering to a very small group of people. And because I've done the work of shedding so many structures, like classic structures of authority throughout my life, I'm super comfortable not worried about external authority anymore. It doesn't affect me but the large majority of people are pretty like directable and it's easy to get caught up in a wave of ideology. And it's really about a worldview. Mm -hmm. It's not about different types of people. Like Courtney's black and I'm white and we have different things. We, we have a very similar worldview, which is why we do the show together. So if you, if you start to break things down into psychographics instead of demographics and seeing the way that people think the same, it becomes an issue where like suddenly nobody's wrong and everyone's right. Recurrent values of right. Right. <laughs> because everything becomes very personal and when you when you succumb to the external leverage you're at the mercy of everyone around you when you externalize that authority and actually validate it like there's authority like there's the police mm. they can walk into your house with a judge's order and da, 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 da. or like, without or without sorry <clears throat> no i'm not sorry about that one <laughs> that's fair just drop that in there because it's not fairly distributed for sure that kind of thing but you know, there is, in fact, actual authority that can, you know, they can take your freedom for a lot of reasons. And then there's the, you know, whether or not you're going to let the limiting, the limiting mentality that you grew up with dictate what you actually believe is possible for you. Like, yes, the police are still real. Don't break the law. But also, like, are you stopping yourself from engaging in social media because you're afraid of that rejection and thereby putting yourself in a position where you don't actually succeed because you very deeply identify with the where you are now? 
and taking a risk like you're like nah I go to my friends and I'm like right now is a really good time to take a risk and they're like nah and I can't be mad at that it's just not right for them if I try to like pressure or put leverage on them or believe that they have some leverage over me that's not going to be helpful for either of us they're doing their thing it's different than what what we're doing over here now that said over time if you're literally coming at it from the my heart outward position putting yourself in a place where you make decisions based on what's going to make you happy what's going to make it so you can sleep at night and be like god that was awesome what's the what's that setting for you because if you're unwilling to take the risk of a transformation it's unlikely you're going to get to that because it's fun to think about it but until you take action and move things around and put yourself at risk you're not gonna it's very unlikely that remarkable things will occur <laughs> pain has to happen pain actually yeah pain does have to happen that sounds so dour. It is, but it's like but you have to learning have from that failure and, and embracing that, like, the rejection and the failure and the, the, all that stuff. That's another part of it. Like, mm. the, that permanent record, <sighs> the belief and the leverage of that permanent record, like, it's not a permanent, that's not a thing. It's a lie. Yeah. I'm just oh. trying to give myself my little things. I don't think You're I okay. can. It's okay. fine. Nah, I'm I'm thinking about transformational thinking just in the immediate term, thinking about working with someone directly. Um, I will get hired for many different reasons, usually because someone's like, I need external accountability. I need someone, like if I know that I'm working with someone, I will do this job. That is external, was it external locus of? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, there's a cat. <laughs> She's Come so here, cute. Oh, so I am the external locus of effort, of attention, of this sort of like, I am making this transformation because there's this person that I'm accountable to. She's going to tell me to do things. And I'm actually, I, I don't. I give suggestions. You can take them or don't. But in hiring me, me being an external focus, my, I see my job to, to teach you how to, how to start to make these things, make this sort of accountability happen internally. Because I'm not a forever purchase. Mm -hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm not a forever item. I get you through a situation but I need to teach you how to be able to do the things for yourself, to be able to make those decisions, to take those risks, to experience these different levels of discomfort and evaluate them against the backdrop of what you know is true for you and true to you. 
true to who you are, who you know yourself to be, which again gets up into getting into mm, someone's my feelings. Yeah, well, you're not just your feelings, but your values, your mm-hmm. needs, your core needs, and not like sleep and food and stuff like. But beyond that, camaraderie or not, solitude or not, what are things that are important to you? How do they make up who you are? And what do you let external sources say about that or dictate to you about that? Where someone who needs, yeah, who has, who has a need for solitude, and that's something they understand about themselves, but there's also this sort of uh, prevailing social narrative, at least in our society, because of the um, emphasis on extroversion. Oh. You're a hermit. No, you're someone that values solitude. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, it's like it's it's a subtle difference, but that sort of owning something that is in need, something that is true for you, and not letting ex- the world, society, your friends, your neighbor, label that for you. No, you get to label that for yourself. You get to understand that in terms of how that relates to you. And then taking that knowledge, you're able to encounter anything and figure out what is the best way to approach that issue, problem, situation in a way that stays true to you. I always get really, it's funny to me the way that people word things to themselves and to the people around them or whatever. Like, if you've hired, like, if you've hired someone to help you, you're doing the thing. Mm. That's that's the tool. You're not, they're not doing it for you. You've hired them and that's that's how you're doing it. Oh, do you know how many times people will like call and ask if I can just do the thing for them? And I say, nope. Yeah. <clears throat> It's not sustainable to do it. Absolutely not. I mean, I could take a shovel and empty your house, but that would be what? You're going to have a full house and you, you yeah. know, you're going to no, find yourself you, here nine months, 18 months, You have months, to whatever. participate in this process. Yeah. There's no amount of like, when I go to my massage therapist, like the deeper the work is, the less I get to chat with them. I'm there to work. Mm. Um, so I, I just think it's kind of funny the way um, people even they're just so uncomfortable owning the decision and the action that they'll even just sort of deflect it just that little bit like oh no i hired you you're even while they're in the midst of doing it they're probably maybe at least two percent aware that they're fucking doing something and they'll sit there and say you're doing it Mm -hmm. they'll sit they'll still choose to externalize it and it just it's just a a different worldview. It's not wrong necessarily. It can lead you to really make some terrible choices. It can leave you exposed because when you've externalized that authority, sometimes the thing in authority is a fucking shithead. Yep. And you know, there's a lot of terrible things that have been done and somebody's like, oh, I'm just following orders. Like, okay, well, that was shitty. fucking shitty, bro. You, you need to know 
yourself and your body well enough to know when to listen when th- something's just shitty. When something's not right. And that willingness to stand up to authority when authority's wrong comes from being willing to engage with that transformational thought. Be willing to listen to your body, be willing to risk being wrong, but speaking up when it feels like shit. The thing that I want to uh, bring up as resources that I have been reading a lot this week, the one-page marketing plan. It is kind of dry, but it gives a full like list of components for running a business. And the gap that I found for me is that I don't have any operations. If I go into a coma, my business goes into a coma. No one can walk in and do the thing I'm doing right now because I don't have any operations in place, systems of operations that I could hand to somebody be like, this is what we do, this is how we do it, help me out. And I know that, but when having a, somebody be like, all right, here's the thing, here's what you need, and thinking about it, I'm just like, I am, I am totally comforted by the control that that bottleneck in my brain gives mm-hmm. me. Until you're not. Until I'm fucked by it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm super awesome until I'm not there. And then maybe, you know, having somebody that does it 80% as good as me is fucking awesome. Maybe that's, you know, so getting pushed on that front and then listening, because uh, I do all my audiobooks, right? So listening to Seth Godin, This Is Marketing, because I'm taking his class mm. and getting pressure about, um, I am totally one of those kids that like, we have an assignment, I wanna finish the assignment. And that was the thing that I was bitching about before was like, uh-huh. you're not giving me the assignment. And it's like, no, it's a feeling, bro. And I'm like, wait, what? No, give me a fucking assignment. What? I'm ready to fight the teacher right now. Give me a fucking assignment. Put an X on the floor, I wanna Arr. stand on it. And, and so that was helpful to get through. And also, I know, right? Give me a spike, where's my spike mark? Where's my light? God damn it. Anyway. Um, oh. But the other thing, and it just gets to that, like, people are where they are, not judging the competition. Not saying the, ju- the competition's bad, I have to think bad things about them. Because it's also like, you have to think bad things about their clients. And ultimately, the clients might could go either way. And what benefit is it to the audience or to the client if you're just squabbling like this? Because it's just different stuff for different people. It's not, it's not, just because it's not right for you doesn't mean it's not right for the audience under different circumstances than what you are engaging with. And just thinking about that, it just like, between those two, I'm, uh, it is really pushing my, I really am controlling. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, <laughs> I want the, the, the light on the spike and just stand in perfect angles. I studied that, you know? I, then, I read the. I read it. I and studied. Then you get the adrenaline I did rush. The, you and did then it. I did it. I give me a, give me a fucking pat on the head, and we're good. Apparently, no. that's not the game we're playing. No, I am uncomfortable. I feel like I say that a lot. That's it. 
means you're doing it right. It's fair. Okay. <laughs> so, um, that's kind of how this goes. That's basically the, yeah, that's the game, isn't it? But a lot of the discomfort will dissipate. One, with practice. Two, getting all up inside yourself and getting familiar with that territory. So, for you, like the awareness of you and control. Knowing is half the battle. My knuckles look so great when they're white. I know. Oh, <laughs> oh you look so grim right now. Uh, look, okay. you got this. You got this. I will do fine. You've got this. And you too, audience member. You You've will got be this. fine. Just For keep current moving. values For are fine. <laughs> that, keep learning, keep moving. That is my line. Everything is going to work out fine for current values of fine. There's so much wisdom in that. (laughs) I'm here for that. Are we good? Uh, We are good. I think we're awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Absolutely. I would love to hear your stories about transformation for yourself, if you would like to share those. Or if you want somebody else to come do it for you. (laughs) Please share that at kindnessecon at gmail.com and um, check us out on iTunes. Please review and subscribe. These are things that I like to check out. I like to see the subscription numbers going up. It makes me happy. Um, numbers. The numbers make me happy. Uh, and um, I am Rebecca Oliveira at Bonus Parent Baba all over social media, especially Twitter. If you want to just like shoot the shit on social media with me, I spend a lot of time on Twitter and TikTok. Uh, I am Courtney King. And you can find me at C King Solutions. That is the letter C K I N G Solutions.com. Um, yeah. Please take excellent care of yourself and the people and the world around you. All of that. Do all of that and be kind to each other. I will see you in the future. Now I've hit the button. All right. There we go. Now we're talking. And we've got looks, cards. Yeah, that looks that about looks right. healthy. Yeah. That's nice. Okay. So let's do this. All right. Do, do, do. So we have uh, tarot cards. We do this As at the beginning. As usual. Our conversation today is going to be about uh, transformational thinking. Transformation. Yeah. Transformational yeah. thinking, I think, is the way... We want to, I think that's the one I want. Yeah. 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 So that, okay. And then we can get into the, like the more, like it's, I have to think about what the graphics are going to look like and how I have to fit all those words on the thing, you know? Oh, words. Words. There. Card. 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 I'm, I'm just, just pick one. And I'm, I'm pick picking one. one, but like eight are trying to come with me. Okay. Aw. Oh. Gain. Interesting. Oh, that's a happy one. That's like earth. Yeah. Earth. That's a plant. That's a happy plant. Earth. Gain. Correspondences. Venus in Virgo. Keywords. Okay. Contentment. Security. A stroke of good fortune. Increased growth. Excessive focus. Uh, the negative. Excessive focus on material gain. Temptation to force success. That's amazing. That's a great card. The meaning. The card inspires us to grow and to try more than we ever thought ourselves capable of. 
because we have an instinctive belief that we will find what we need along the way. It somehow feels as if the universe recognizes our sincerity and responds in kind. Exploring the card. A gardener holds in his dirt-stained rough hands a young sapling with nine leaves ready to be planted into the ground. He's putting in all of the effort that he can, but will have will then have to rely on nature to complete his work. That's super cool. That sounds perfect. That seems very appropriate. All right. So let's get into it. <laughs> 